passion for excellence, compassion for people. It's in this spirit that we are proud to present Aspirus Health Talk with your host, Melanie Cole. Sleep is absolutely essential for your health and well-being. According to the National Sleep Foundation, up to 40 million Americans suffer from some sort of sleep disorders. My guest today is David Warren. He's the Director of Cardiopulmonary Services at Aspirus Medford Hospital and Clinics. Welcome to the show, David. Tell us a little bit about sleep apnea. People hear about it in the media. They don't know what it is. Tell us what it is. Sure, Melanie. Um, There's... As you said, there's quite a few Americans that um, chronically have a sleep disorder of some type, sleep apnea being the most common that is out there. And this is a chronic condition that happens over time. Um, People usually do not uh, feel the effects uh, within the first few years. It's usually many years of uh, ongoing uh, sleep disorders where they're feeling tired a lot during the day. they maybe have witnessed um, them stopping breathing during the night by their spouse or significant other, and they just don't seem to, no matter how many hours they sleep, ever really catch up and feel like they get good sleep. So you said maybe it's it's felt or seen by their significant other. That that certainly is a common way. And what would they know about during the daytime or at night? Would they have any idea they've got it? Sure. Most people complain that uh, they feel extreme fatigue meaning like if they have slept for even 10, 12 hours at a time, they still feel, you know, tired during the day and maybe even feel like they have to take a nap to try to, you know, bridge that gap of what they're not getting at night. And a lot of that has to deal with uh, cycles of sleep. Uh, there's different cycles of sleep that where we get more benefit from than others, and we constantly drift in and out of what we call lighter cycles of sleep, and to the deeper ones where we actually get the most benefit. And if we're not getting into those deep cycles, which they call the REM cycles of sleep, that's where we're getting the most benefit or rest and to rejuvenate our bodies. What do you recommend as the first thing, first line of defense, if somebody thinks that they have it? Should they go see a doctor? Should they try other things? And what do you do for them if you do discover they have sleep apnea? How do you diagnose it? Sure. Uh, One of the first things is, uh, providers are very in tune nowadays to be asking these type of questions. Um, some people will bring them up during their you know, normal physical that they have yearly if they do consistently doctor. But a lot of them you know, will uh, kind of get cued from their provider asking them how they feel they're being rested. Do they, are they feeling daytime sleepiness or extreme fatigue during the day? And then kind of digging in deeper into what may be causing that. We do need a prescription from a provider in order to get qualified for a sleep study. And there are certain criteria that do kind of help promote or kind of lead us down that direction of asking for a sleep study to be had. Let's discuss the sleep study. People think to themselves, I can't do one of those. How am I going to actually sleep in one of those places? So tell us about a sleep study and how you actually get information on them. Sure. Uh, in the lab here, uh, we hook up a bunch of wires and that really to monitor all the aspects of our body during the course of the night. A lot of them are our brainwave activity, our eye movement, uh, the respiratory uh, movement or initiation of breathing through the nose and mouth. We also are measuring if the legs are restless as well as uh, what is happening with our heart and monitoring that as well. And we try to put in an environment of kind of that hotel feel where at least it's not your same bed, which is ideal, but at least it's more accommodating and 
Uh, most people don't have a tough time falling asleep, but if they do, we do recommend sometimes that their providers, you know, if they do have a tough time falling asleep, asking for some type of prescription uh, for that night that they have their study. So people can actually get a decent night's sleep, enough anyway for you to see what's going on. Right. Uh, the American Academy of Sleep is who guides us in our criteria as far as what qualifies as a sufficient testing method. And a lot of times we have to record so many minutes of time. It's roughly around 200 or so minutes at least of good quality sleep before it's considered a valid test. What would predispose somebody to having sleep apnea? Are there certain risk factors or behaviorals, lifestyle things that people might do that might contribute to this? Yes, there are. Um, obviously, those that work swing shifts, um, body type, um, if uh, one is over obese or has a large neck circumference, that certainly um, are indicators. It doesn't mean that they have sleep apnea, but that does tend to go along with higher risk. Obviously, uh, those that have, have uh, cardiac conditions, such as heart failure, tend to have a higher likelihood of undiagnosed sleep apnea, we've found uh, through studies. So it is important that, you know, when they are testing these folks, um, you know, they're asking those type of questions, looking at their body weight, their neck circumference, their lifestyle, what they do for a living. Those all kind of predispose sometimes for higher risk. So what do you do to treat them? And, you know, what are some of the therapies that you might use? Well, there are some good hygiene tips just for getting, trying to get a consistent uh, night of sleep, even if it's not sleep apnea. And those are pretty, you know, uh, I would say uh, common sense, but yet we tend to live in this digital world where we are constantly in touch with one another. So one of the things that we find a lot is people take their tablets, their cell phones and smartphones to bed with them and are constantly being bombarded by not only the light of that uh, device, but also it's kind of triggering our brain to kind of stay awake here because we're obviously thinking while we're doing it. Um, TVs, uh, obviously being on, everyone's got different habits that they do, but they do recommend trying to, you know, keep the bedroom as being for sleeping and other, you know, those type of activities, not eating large meals before you go to bed, avoiding caffeine or alcohol close to bedtime, and of course, nicotine as well. So what about CPAP? People hear about that in the media. What is it? What is it intended to do? Sure. CPAP is an acronym that stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. And basically, if someone does test positive uh, for sleep apnea, it's probably the gold standard and still most common type of way that we can treat sleep apnea. Basically, it's a machine with a mask and tubing that helps blow air into the airway to help keep that airway open or patent. Some people that are on the lighter end of having sleep apnea do benefit, too, uh, from having what's called a dental appliance, and that's a device that is fitted by a sleep apnea-trained certified dentist that would fit a mouth guard that helps keep aligned the jaw so that the tongue does not fall back in the back of the throat. Do any other type of lifestyle things seem to help, David, like melatonin or any of those more all-natural pillows? Any of those things make a difference? Sure, they do. I think uh, the environment is important. Melatonin is, and you brought that up, is a common thing that sometimes is lacking uh, for folks. But, you know, the big environment is, you know, are you having that, you know, where noise is trying to be eliminated, the light, especially from you know, devices such as a cell phone or Kindle or TV is being eliminated because even children are getting into the habit of, unfortunately, going to bed with these 
new electronic devices that we use day long, but we're kind of finding that a lot of people are continuing that all the way up until they do actually go to sleep. So finish it up for us and wrap it up with some of your best healthy sleep tips. It's so important, as you say, in this day and age of electronics and so many other things going on in people's lives, turning off our mind and getting a really good night's sleep. Well, as I mentioned, Melanie, some of the big things for good sleep hygiene is, you know, trying to go to bed at the same time each night and getting up at the same time each morning. Um, It's just a, a normal cycle that our body can try to get into, which helps. Also, as I mentioned before, you know, not eating, you know, a large meal or snacking hard before you go to bed because that does tend to keep us awake uh, subconsciously before we go to bed. We talked about the, uh, avoiding caffeine and alcohol close to bedtime, nicotine. Also setting up that sleep environment so that it is, you know, proper for men for sleep. You know, turning off the TV, not taking your cell phone and iPad or other devices with you to bed. And then really just meant to be, you know, be that kind of quiet unwind time and, and getting ready to prep for a good night's restful sleep. And then if they do have issues that you're finding, you should really seek out to your provider to find out if you're a candidate for having a sleep study done. David, if you can't sleep, should you lay there in bed rolling around try to sleep, or do you recommend people get up out of bed? Well, the biggest thing is probably what's, you know, kind of making you <laughs> awake, and I guess if it's a consistent thing, then that's more of a question that you should seek out to a provider. If it's happening here and there, because stress is another factor we really didn't talk a lot about, but during different periods of our life, obviously we have stress and we have it's common, um, but excessive stress can tend to make us stay awake and not be able to fall back asleep rather easily if we do wake up during the sleep. So it is another factor that we didn't talk about too much in this interview till now, but certainly it leads to people having issues with their sleep. If people are having consistent concerns with their sleep, they certainly should seek out medical advice and talking to their provider. Thank you so much for being with us today, David. It's great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to aspirus.org. That's aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.